Welcome to another episode of Fred Talks. We've been away for a little bit. We have a little bit of a break, but uh, sometimes duty calls or sometimes uh, vacation calls, and that's why we have uh, a handful of breaks between our last episode. Uh, but today we get to sit down with Mr. Bork to talk about one of the pillars of the JAG Corps in Sergeant Major John Nolan. So, sir, good morning to you and welcome. Welcome back. Well, thank you, Major Command, for having me back. And it's great to talk about uh, a really important personality in our history, and that's uh, John Nolan. Uh, John Nolan, as you should know, was the first Sergeant Major of the JAG Corps. Today, we refer to that person as the regimental. Uh, but John was the very first sergeant major chosen by the judge advocate general to be the sergeant major of the corps and that happened in 1980. Uh, John served from 80 to 83. He has a very interesting background. Born in Evergreen, Alabama in 1935 uh, and his, uh, his brothers told him, John, you got to get out of here. Uh, this is no place for a black man to be in the 30s and the 40s. And the way out was to join the Army. And so John Nolan joined the Army in 1953. Remember that uh, President Truman had allegedly, well, officially desegregated the Army in 1948. But even in the early 50s, the Army was still rigidly segregated and in the South, Jim Crow was very much in evidence. Uh, John liked the Army. He was a light-wheel uh, vehicle mechanic, um, and he decided to stay in. And by 1967, now Sergeant First Class John Nolan, infantry, was a drill sergeant at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, known to those of us in the profession as Fort Lost in the Woods. Uh, Fort Leonard Wood. Well, he's uh, uh, running um, uh, essentially uh, basic and AIT as a drill sergeant, and the Vietnam War is on, and Sergeant First Class Nolan is called into the office of the sergeant major, and the sergeant major says to him, John, we think you'd be a great candidate for officer candidate school, and John said, uh, I'm not interested. I like being an NCO. I want to stay with what I'm doing as a drill sergeant. And the sergeant major said, no, I don't think you understand. We really think you'd be good at OCS. They went back and forth and back and forth, and John, sure enough, ended at OCS. But you need to remember that back in this period, we were probably losing 15, 20, maybe even as many as 50 company-grade officers a week who were being killed in action or wounded in action in Vietnam. In fact, it wouldn't be unusual to listen to the uh, nightly news with uh, Walter Cronkite and hear Cronkite say that two or three hundred Americans had been killed in Vietnam that week. Um, sure, the draft was on, but we needed uh, officers and an NCO like Nolan was perfect. So he went to OCS at Fort Benning and uh, did such a good job that he was identified as the top leader in his OCS class, and so he stayed then uh, 
on the faculty at the Officer Candidate School as a tactical uh, officer. So he then deploys to Vietnam as a lieutenant. He's a platoon leader, a EXO, uh, uh, um, wounded in action. Uh, I believe, uh, from what I remember in my conversations with John, uh, there was a mortar and some shrapnel hit him in the back. Uh, but he had a successful tour in Vietnam. He survives. And in the early 1970s, now Captain Nolan is a company commander in the 8th Infantry Division in Germany. Remember, he'd enlisted in 1953. It's now 1972-1973. The Army is rapidly demobilizing in the aftermath of the Vietnam War, slashing and burning the officer corps. And who's first to go? Officers who do not have college degrees. And so Captain Nolan is informed by AG that he's about to be, uh, about to lose his commission. He's going to be separated. Um, but if he would like to go back to the enlisted ranks and serve out uh, his time there, he would be able to uh, retire as a captain. And uh, Nolan says, well, I'm not going to do that. I have 20 years in. I will just retire as a captain now. Not so fast, because the rule back in that era was that you had to have 10 years as an officer before you could retire as an officer. Now, the rule has changed today. You don't need to have that much time, but you did back then. So, in other words, Nolan is told, well, you can retire, but you'll end up retiring at your highest enlisted grade. So they struck a deal, and the deal was that if John agreed to stay in the Army as a non-commissioned officer until he reached 30 years of active duty, then he would be permitted to retire as a captain. So that was the deal. Now the question was, what would he do in the NCO ranks? Well, because of his combat injury, he was no longer able to go back to being an 11 Bravo. And it turns out that the only MOS that was available for him to go to was legal. A legal clerk, MOS 71 Delta. And so he was supposed to come back as an E7 at the last minute. AG Branch said, okay, well, maybe this isn't really fair. How about if we bring you back as a Master Sergeant E8 in your new MOS of 71 Delta and legal clerk? 71 Delta, sir, that's the precursor to the modern-day 27 Delta. Correct. So in the 90s, we uh, reconfigured uh, the MOS to make all of our NCOs paralegals, our enlisted personnel paralegals. But prior to this time, uh, we were using the AG MOS 71, and you were a 71 uh, Delta, a, uh, a legal clerk. So here you are, you're, you're John Nolan, you're a master sergeant, you've now got the new uh, legal clerk MOS, but you've never done anything in the JAG Corps. So a very tough learning curve. Uh, he was out in Monterey, California as a master sergeant and was the chief legal clerk. 
interestingly, uh, almost immediately, uh, John enrolled in law school. And he obtained a law degree uh, while he was out at Monterey. He never took the bar or passed the bar, but he was a lawyer uh, he, in the sense that he'd had his law degree. And um, after uh, service in California, he was in Korea, and the sergeant major uh, position came open. The TJAG at the time, uh, Major General Alton uh, Harvey, who served from 79 to 81. Harvey decided that we needed someone to be in charge of all of our NCOs. It was a competitive uh, selection process, and John Nolan was chosen to be the first sergeant major of the JAG Corps in 1980. I've often wondered through the years, uh, John has passed away now, but when I would talk to him, I'd say to him, well, what do you think the other NCOs thought about you coming into the Corps as an E-8 and then being the sergeant major of the JAG Corps? To which he replied, well, I don't know, but probably some of them were not particularly happy. But he did a great job, uh, and when he retired in 1983, he'd set the uh, stage and set the path ahead for all those who followed him as the top NCO in the JAG Corps. And as I understand it, sir, they called that position when he took over as the, the senior staff NCO, what we know as the, as the regimental command sergeant major. And, and what, what was his, you know, uh, the, the simple charge was take care of our enlisted soldiers in the JAG Corps. But what, what was his goal? What was his goal as, a, as the uh, essentially first regimental command sergeant major? Well, that's a very good question because you're right. Uh, you come into the job that's never existed before. What are you supposed to do? And uh, Major General uh, Harvey, the TJAG, said, um, your mission is to take care of our soldiers. So unlike today, where the JAG Corps actually has control over the assignments of enlisted personnel, that was not the case in the early 1980s. Uh, the adjutant general's branch uh, was in charge of all of our enlisted personnel and made all of our assignments. And obviously, there was some uh, input from the JAG Corps, but ultimately, uh, AG branch decided where our NCOs would be assigned. And so almost from the beginning, uh, Sergeant Major Nolan was working closely with AG Branch to make sure that the right people went to the right places and that our soldiers were treated uh, fairly. Sir, thank you uh, for taking us down the biography of, of Sergeant Major Nolan. And I think uh, while we're talking about Sergeant Major John Nolan, we have to mention that we're recording every single one of our podcast episodes is recorded in the Sergeant Major uh, John Nolan reading room. So that's uh, where you're hearing us from. And that dedication happened uh, recently, right, sir? It did. Uh, we did it, I guess, uh, was it late last year? Late last year. Uh, and although uh, Sergeant Major Nolan has passed away, uh, some of his nieces and, uh, and nephews were here to see it. So I should mention in closing that in addition to being the very first regimental, the very first sergeant major of the JAG Corps, uh, John Nolan also has the distinction of being the only non-commissioned officer to be commissioned as an officer and then return to the NCO ranks 
uh, in the JAG Corps and then to serve out his time in our regiment. Well, thank you, sir, and thanks for discussing one of the, the pillars of uh, our NCO Corps and, and our JAG Corps in Sergeant Major John Nolan. Uh, I'm happy to be back in the seat recording with you, and I think uh, we've got one more episode to go before we'll, we'll turn the reins over to Captain Joel Hood and, and running our, our JAG Corps podcast. So thanks, sir, and uh, thanks for everyone for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Fred Talks. Interested in providing material to the JAG Corps' Future Concepts Directorate? Reach out to us via Twitter or LinkedIn at JAGFCD. Or visit our website at tjaglix.army.mil forward slash FCD. That's tjaglcs.army.mil forward slash FCD. We're always on the lookout for the next guest, topic, discussion, or yes, even the next Fred Talk. As always, the views expressed on the podcast are the views of the participants and do not necessarily represent those of the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School, the United States Army, the Department of Defense, or any other agency of the United States government. Reference in this episode to any specific commercial product, process, or service, or the use of any trade, firm, or corporation name is for the information and convenience of the public and does not constitute endorsement, recommendation, or favoring by the Department of Defense. Remember that you can only succeed on the battlefields of tomorrow if you first learn about the battlefields of yesterday. So thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you on the next episode of Fred Talks.